0: Welcome to episode 161 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights on the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Hey, John. Dirk, today we're going to discuss neuroscience, user experience, and your article in UX Matters, recently published, called Understanding Us, A New Frontier for User Experience. But first, I think it's worth mentioning that long-time UX publication UX Matters has had a a relaunch, which both you and I were a part of, and UX Matters has been such an important part of our community for uh, you know about a decade now, and has has had millions of readers across you know the entire world, and you know has published very consistently across you know what is. You know, been a developing industry, a sometimes tumultuous uh, industry, and they've they've really been a consistent presence, and and it's it's great to see them with this new uh, redesign, and I'm really happy for them, and it was a, a a fun project to be a part of. Dirk, what what are your thoughts on on the UX Matters relaunch?
1: Well, it's it's a testament to. To Pabini, the the founder, and to the publication. I mean, there's three things in life that are certainties: death, taxes, and UX Matters is going to publish bi-monthly. Right. You know, um, there've been a lot of great UX publications over the years. Um, Boxes and Arrows magazine mm-hmm. is, is a wonderful example. Digital Web magazine, which has been gone for a long time, but was yep. was fantastic in in the early days of of sort of the the coalescence of user experience. Um, They've all, you know, either ceased to exist or publish, you know, infrequently, uh, at best. So, of the early user experience publications, UX Matters is the last one standing, and the fact that continue to publish twice a month, um, multiple articles every time, uh, and now are going through a redesign, which is sort of an expensive reinvestment in infrastructure, um, indicates there's no signs of slowing down. So. Um, you know i'm I'm really in awe of the work that that Pabini has done to keep it going for eleven, um, almost eleven years now. It's 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 pretty amazing, John.
0: Yeah i don't I don't know that. Uh, I mean, just putting the podcast together on a regular basis. I know how difficult it can be to have that editorial um, regular drumbeat. So uh, I can only imagine what it's like to be managing a whole, uh, you know, wide variety of writers and making sure that everything makes sense and that it's going up on time, on time. Right? That's the that's the other hard part of this yeah. uh, uh, editorial uh, mandate is that you have to have to uh, release, you have to ship. So and and what I find interesting is, you know, as as UX has become more prevalent, uh, more important, has, you know, developed a seat at the corporate table. There there are there are a lot of new UX publications, which I think probably have taken some inspiration from, you know, you you name some of the founding fathers and mothers of of. uh, uh, the UX uh, professional publications, but there's there's a whole new wave of of um, publications now, and it's interesting to see that, that UX Matters has a lot of uh, audience share and and uh, and interest and followers uh, on social media, for instance. So so I think that's heartening that that a publication that's been around for so long can still be relevant.
1: I think that's right. And, you know, I mean, you and I have both sort of intellectually moved on to different frontiers, you know, over the years. I, you know, once upon a time, 10 years ago, I would read the UX articles, but now it's been a long time for me mm-hmm. since then, I think for you as well. And uh, it, going back and at, into UX matters around the relaunch, um, you know, just sort of, again, inculcating myself into the type of content it's putting out, the quality is really good. You know, there's there's um, not just high quality, but interesting things being said uh, uh, as well. You know, um, I was surprised, you know, if we look at the, you know, the the sort of launch issue is over two, um, two different releases of the publication, but some of those that were released in the first tranche, multiple of those had to do with emerging technologies, with uh, artificial intelligence. And, I mean, you know, my, my contribution did as well, but contributions beyond just mine or yours. It's not just us in in a vacuum anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, even even UX matters on the user experience side um, is is showing um, at least in these celebratory issues that evolutionary shift. So I thought that was kind of cool too. Yeah.
0: So so let's shift gears now and and talk a little bit about your article, uh, understanding us: a new frontier for user experience. So I I think. Uh, you know, you lay out the the argument for the evolution of user experience into sort of other areas of emerging technologies, meaning moving from uh, the the pure sort of digital experiences where uh, UX has become prominent and, and and moving into these other areas. But let's let's start first with. The uh, I, I found it interesting that uh, you started off with a statement that, you know, it was a good time uh, to be a, a seasoned UX professional. Could you could you tell uh, me a little bit about that in more detail?
1: Sure. I mean, you know, software continues to grow and explode and there's there's a lot of jobs out there. There's a lot of opportunity, um, a lot of leadership opportunity as well. You know, as we've I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast as much, but certainly in things that we've written and talked about. Here is a leadership team at Involution Studios. There's also the move to um, creating more in-house UX teams, and so not only is that creating more jobs as well, but it's opening up real leadership positions of um, management and and vision and strategy, um, which is which is pretty pretty fantastic. So, um, without even getting into the things around you know emerging technologies and some of the The areas that I was introducing in the article, just in like sort of old school blocking and tackling UX, there's so much out there for people right now. It's it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely a change from you know the industry has had its ups and downs, of course, uh, sometimes tied to uh, sort of the national economy and and sometimes not, of course. But um, you know now now is a great time, especially if you're. Uh, helping to say build up a a, a team of uh, corporate uh, UX that's uh, you know a great place for that. There's you know hundreds of digital products, of course, being released each year for, by by uh, uh, startups as well. So so there's a huge spectrum of uh, areas where if you're a a, a young UX uh, professional or a seasoned veteran, you you can find work. So 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 that's the state as of today Mm -hmm. and and there's you know a host of emerging technologies from you know internet of things to uh synthetic biology to robotics that that are are definitely on the rise um and there's no doubt uh, you know this is true of, of most professions uh, today. There, there's no doubt that you'll have to continue learning in order to sort of uh, keep up with with technology. But in in this particular piece, Dirk, you dig into to uh, one area of you know science and, and and humanity, and and that in particular is is neuroscience. And you give some um, some recommendations about how. Uh, user experience professionals can can start to pivot a little bit to take in more of that science and information. What um, uh, what uh, is it that that made you uh, turn in this direction yourself? And then, what were some of the recommendations that you made in the piece?
1: Hmm. Um, so turning this direction myself, you know, that goes back to two thousand ten and. As you know, the recession was really hard on Involution Studios, and I—I um, I was not only sort of financially wiped out uh, by the recession, but I was really uh, beaten up um, in trying to keep this company in, in 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 making this company survive. You know, but in the process, it was just—it was very difficult in so many ways, and so I felt I needed a new direction to go in mm-hmm. instead of instead of just running this firm and. Um, you know, I went back to when I was in an undergraduate and I set my life goal as um, measurably increasing the happiness and well-being of the human species, which is, you know, audacious to the point of arrogance. Um, but, you know, I went back to that touch point. I said, if that's really what I want to do, how do I do it? Um, I'm certainly not accomplishing it in the embers of this, you know, software agency. And uh, I, I decided to do it through human understanding, to go back and really understand the human animal um, as well as I could, I think you know that was also i think um, you know sort of subconsciously influenced by the the fact that the trends were headed this way as well I, I tend to you know I tend to be kind of ahead of of where things are going so yeah for me, it was very personal um, it was very personal and and happened quite a, quite a while ago now and so you know, I started um, just from a very exploratory perspective, so I wasn't looking at neuroscience specifically or psychology specifically or sociology specifically, all of which are fields that I, I got to know to varying degrees. I just tried to answer the question for myself, how can I best understand the human animal um, in order to create a, a knowledge base for myself that can be used as a lever to, you know, achieve the the life goal I set as a as a 20-year-old? Um, so that's that's sort of you know my my genesis here I mean getting you know getting into the the topic itself uh, the reality is that you know we're we're um, you know we're reaching a point of terminal velocity on software as the Um, the media for which, you know, user experience primarily exerts itself. I mean, UX as a field has aspirationally said, well, we're not just about software. We're about creating in anything. And it's just nonsense. I mean, you know, show me, you know, 10 people who have jobs that are called user experience, that are considered user experience, that aren't related to software in some way large or small. It It just ain't out there. Um, and so, so, you know, UX, has, UX is software and software is UX in a certain way. Um, now with all of these emerging technologies, that's going to start flipping a little bit and there's going to need to be, you know, design professionals um, who are digital natives and who are solving digital design problems that are going to need to move into them. UX people are, are the obvious people to make that move. But the asterisk is it's going to require um, meaningful knowledge in science and engineering. And we've seen over the last, you know, 10 to 15 years how difficult it's been for UX professionals to um, evolve from the standpoint of just understanding code, learning to code and incorporate that into the things that they're creating, at least from a design perspective within the world of UX. And so... You know, if if I were a practicing UXer still, I would find it quite daunting that you know my future in in the industry may have to do with with understanding artificial intelligence at an engineering level, with understanding synthetic biology at a science level. Um, I came to UX because uh, I I'm not a science guy, right? Um, I'm not an engineering guy. I'm a I'm a big picture thinker, so. Um, so what the article was doing was saying, hey, like this is coming and, you know, you you should get ready and gird yourself to get into the hard sciences and engineering or here's an alternate path. And the alternate path is, um, you know, the understanding of people, the understanding of humanity. Because one thing I think we've done very poorly in user experience is understand people. We've gotten very good at knowing what a usability test should look like, what an A-B test should look like, what, you know, some – um, upfront user research random interviews should look like, but we know very little. Uh, I'll say almost nothing as a field. There's some individuals within it who have much deeper knowledge. but as a field, we, we have virtually no body of knowledge that gets into the science of the self, and whether that be from from a more hard biology perspective a neuroscience perspective, psychology, sociology, endocrinology, I mean whatever whatever vector you want to take, it just isn't part of how we do business. and it's that's stupid. I mean, we're trying to design things for people and in and, and in the future, in these contexts that're going to be changing really rapidly and are going to be inhuman in in ways compared to how we've thought of what human spaces and lives should look like in the past. We've got to know ourselves. we've got to know this animal really, really well. and so, the article was sort of making the case to um, to do that, like to start and be one of the pioneers in in taking a lead on on that future for user experience. And then I just recommended neuroscience as a good place to start, and I don't know, maybe twenty to thirty um, different resources that people could tap That's into. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was a, a very rich uh, list, which you can find at uh, uxmatters.com dot com, and you know, check out Dirk's article there. Um, yeah, I mean there's there's uh, a ton of reading there so it's like uh the, the uh uh syllabus for for neuroscience plus UX 101 I guess. The uh you know one of the things that that I enjoyed uh about your article Dirk was the fact that that you emphasized very much how how early in the process this is. And so so I think that's important for for two reasons. One is um, it means it's harder because there's no, you know, sort of frameworks to draw upon, no, um, no path that's been laid. And secondly, uh, it's it's important because you know of the exponential nature of the technologies that 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 are advancing so quickly. So, so it's going to go from being early. To, to being like prime time for designers to be involved very shortly um, and, and you can see the inklings of that in in some of the uh, uh, for for instance Internet of Things instantiations now where uh, the technology is there but there's no um, uh, sort of humanity to it there's no um, there's no way to interface with, with these, these huge machine networks right now. And, and some of that, of course, can be handled by, um, uh, you know, smart algorithms and things like that. But, but it, it feels very much, uh, you know, like the early to mid-90s as far as the Internet con- is concerned, uh, like, like that kind of experimental space, but with much more um, invasive and powerful technology that, that maybe needs a hand, you know, from, from a human aspect more than, than the internet did. Right. So you're talking about the internet of things with tendrils into all aspects of our lives. And, and you think about the interaction with the network or the, the, uh, the interaction with the data or, or how that data gets used. Right. Those are all, these are all human touch points that we're talking about that um, really require some consideration and, and, you know, ultimately, when we're looking at this this surface of the Internet of Things, you know, they talk about the attack surface, right, for security. Well, there's there's a there's a human surface where we're interacting with these pieces, and I don't know that we've adequately evaluated all of those those places where there's there's a human touch point. I think we're only beginning to to understand, wh- you know, what it means to have uh, these automated and um, you know, connected sensor systems everywhere um, you know, whether it be socially or, or it be you know for, for business or you know for uh, for politics or, or what have you and, and and I'm just talking about the Internet of things, right there's there's a lot more technologies there uh, that are coming to the fore at the same time. so so it's a point well taken Dirk that uh, uh, I, I think if if you're, if you have interest in, in any of these science areas, it's it, it may seem like you're being a, a little premature in taking on these these uh, learning tasks, but uh, that's going to change very, very quickly, I think.
1: I think that's right. And, you know, I don't mention this in the article, but to sort of inspire our listeners a little bit. I mean, uh, there's an opportunity to be a pioneer here, to be a leader, to define a field and 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 where it goes. I mean, imagine if we were in the early 1990s and the web was, was in the very nascent stages and just getting started. I mean, who could have predicted that Jeffrey Zeldman, through um, the use of just smart engineering choices in terms of how websites would be laid out, would become this massive superstar um, first person inducted into the South by Southwest Hall of Fame, probably the most famous web design professional in the world. And it's because he was ahead. You know, Jeffrey's a wonderful man, very intelligent, but there are other people who who can rival Jeffrey in talent and intelligence out there. You know, in, in all of these fields, there are many of us who are sort of approximately in the same place. And the, the ones who really succeed the most, the ones who you know, uh, change history. To be a little melodramatic about it, um, are, are the ones who who are early and lucky, and and that can be you because there are not many people who are going in this direction yet. It's the correct direction. It's the direction that the world is going, and maybe you can be the Jeffrey Zeldman for for the UX of genomics or synthetic biology. Um, that that role is there to be taken. Why not by you? Yeah, that's that's uh, a great way to put it, Dirk.
0: And, of course, uh, you know, check out that piece on UX Matters. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com, that's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening, or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find The Digital Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And, of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at goinvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk?
1: Folks, you can follow me on Twitter at d That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And thanks so much for listening.
0: That's it for episode 161 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett. And we'll see you next time.